Vital Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimise your health and realise your full potential. We'll have cutting-edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go! So you asked for it, we've got it. All about lucid states today. And this is a deep one. So get ready to have your mind blown. So about Willow. Now Willow Francis has come back on for round two, but this time we're talking about lucid states. So during a serious life-threatening accident, Willow Francis suddenly found himself outside of his physical body. He watched the horrific events happen to his body as if he was another person in the crowd. This moment fundamentally changed his understanding of reality and he later learned that the shock and pain of the event had jolted him involuntarily out of his body state. So during the weeks following the accident, Willow practiced breath work and meditation to deal with the intense pain of the healing process. Several times he again found himself in spontaneous out-of-body experiences and in these states his senses were hyper real. He could feel, touch, taste and smell. And these experiences propelled Willow on a journey to seek explanation and understanding. He travelled to various parts of the world researching the latest findings on the science of lucid dreaming and out-of-body state. And Willow has since experienced many spontaneous and intentional alternate states through the practices he's, he's learned. So he's experienced powerful physical, mental and spiritual benefits from being in these states. And now he runs workshops and holds presentations to inspire others and share a practical understanding of this profound phenomenon, which he describes as one of the most incredible things you can experience in this lifetime. We hope you enjoy this one. Willow, welcome back on the podcast today. And we are here in this amazing teepee in your backyard. And we are here to talk about lucid states and lucid dreaming. And I'm very excited. And this has been a, um, someone, someone's actually requested that we talk about this, but we were going to talk about it anyway. So these things happen. We were. So, <laughs> so give the audience again, just a little rundown, mini history of, of where you've, you know, has gotten to this point for you maybe even particularly for that lucid that we were just talking to um, each other about off when we weren't recording so give me a little bit of a rundown of how you got to this point with uh, lucid states and lucid dreaming yeah well thank you for having me back journey it's uh, a treat to sit with you always so <laughs> I feel um, a richness in my life mm. I get to sit and chat with you and that we get to share this information with people because a lot of people I talk to, they've got no one to talk to about this stuff. Yeah. They talk about lucid dreams or, or any interest in the dream. Mm. Um, you know, we live in a very monophasic world, meaning that everyone's pretty focused on just this 3D world, what yeah. they can touch, see and feel. Yeah. Whereas many cultures have a more of a polyphasic worldview. That mm. It's quite normal to meet your dead granddad and get some information and have a chat. And that wouldn't yeah. be a difficult conversation at breakfast. It would no. be, oh, what, what did he say? How's yeah. granddad? Yeah. And so when we're having these different experiences at night, then it can be quite hard to bring them into relevance in the day-to-day -day rather than just some dreamy experience. Um, 
So my interest in out-of-body experiences, that's mm. a term that's used mm. that I'll talk about as well, lucid dreaming, and really these shifts in consciousness states uh, started a long time ago. Um, you know, I always had nightmares as a kid, mm. and the nightmares were very real. They're, they're so scary that they'd find me halfway up the wall holding onto the plaster. Wow. You know, and that sort of thing, and so you'd think I wouldn't really want to explore out of body <laughs> or loose and loose. But then I started having a few odd experiences mm. where I'd wake up and I couldn't work out whether I was awake or asleep, mm. and I'd wake up again. Mm. Um, but the the big dramatic event that shifted my worldview was when. I was working as a fire eater in Sydney. Oh, well, actually not in Sydney, but I was traveling through Sydney. And it was a Friday night and I was in the cross, King's Cross, very volatile area, um, with some other dready friends. We're all dreadlock fire crew coming up from a festival, gonna do a show in Sydney. And we're setting up and my job was fire eating and fire blowing and you know the big performance thing. Uh, coming to the end of the show there's digits and drums and we've got like a hundred people around us uh, and so the energy is really big and I grabbed my bottle of kerosene which was my hydrocarbon of choice for fireballs <laughs> yeah. and I took a mouthful but it tasted totally wrong now I've been fire eating for about eight years mm. uh, as a busker mm. and performer mm. and I thought well that's wrong and what I grabbed was the wrong container I'd grab something called shellite, which is very volatile, like petrol, Ooh. and we use it for fire passing. So you might put a flame on your tongue yep. and then light your stick off your tongue. Yep. So it's very woofy, yeah. is the term we use. Yeah. So I thought, shit. So I spat it on the ground, emptied out, and then just quickly grabbed a mouthful of kero because everyone's waiting for the big fireball. So I pulled back, blew a fireball, and it was really odd. There was big splashes of fire landing on the ground burning. And this has never happened before. Normally I'd blow a big fireball, it's beautiful, mm. spectacular. Mm. In the air it all burns off. Yeah. And I thought, oh, what's this? So, okay, so I thought, oh, I'll just get rid of it. So I pulled back to this monster fireball. Mm. And there was this huge explosion. And then, bang, I literally left my body. Mm. And popped out of my body and was standing behind myself. Oh my goodness. And it was really strange because I had no idea what was happening. It was everything was like black and white, grey. Yeah. And I looked around the audience as they're all looking at me, and their faces go from sort of amusement to like this horror mm. as, as they're looking. And I could hear this roaring sound, and then I snapped back in my body, and my whole head was on fire. Oh my gosh! It was a blaze. You know, <gasps> this was the shock of that explosion. Helped me leave my body. Um, so I get on the ground and everyone's putting blankies on me and they get me in the car and drive me off to St Vincent's Hospital. Um, and if you've ever had burns, you know that they're very different sort of injury to cuts and breaks. And if you've ever had one in your face, you just can't escape it. You know, a burnt hand you can sort of put to the side, but the face you can't. So, it's right there with you. Yeah, so I get there, they take blood gases because they're worried about the inhalation of the fumes and my eyes are burnt, my head's burnt, my skin's all dripping off, my mm. nose like disaster zone. Oh, um, so they got me in the ED and they put in IVs and trying to give me morphine for the pain but no effect. Like this was brutal, brutal pain. Um, 
And so I'm in a little corner of the wall. I've got the IVs up, fluids and morphine, and people are putting cold water compressors mm. and then wringing out hot water from my face and so much heat. But for me, I'm just trying to get away from the pain. Mm. Only thing I could think was to do my breathing, my meditation breathing. Mm. So I just focused on the breathing. Well, you know, it was a terrifying moment that I had, had to grab control of. Mm. So I breathe, breathe, breathe. And then I popped out of my body again. I just was sitting behind myself mm. in the bed. The, the strangest thing, I was sort of just up the wall a little bit. But having this mystical experience in an emergency room ward is really odd because yeah, there's machines yes. and bells and bings. Calm and quiet. But it was dead quiet for me. Mm. It was peaceful, it was quiet, there was no pain. Mm. And I just sort of take a break. It's like, oh my goodness. And then, um, and then I start berating myself. You dickhead. You really fucked up, didn't you? Set your head on fire, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, here I am, the chance to do all sorts of mystical things, and the inner critic comes in. And then, Set your head on fire. Yeah, and bang, back into the body again. Yeah, yeah. Pain, pain, pain. Yeah. Ah, breathe, yeah. breathe, breathe, and popped out again. Yeah. So over the next week, I had sort of 10 out-of-body experiences like this. Mm. When they let me out from the hospital, I was covered in all this cream. I thought I was going to look like the elephant man. Yeah. Um, because the burns were pretty severe and I remember one of the nights I was in, in Sydney for another night or so before I hitched up north to Byron Bay area mm. and um, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was floating above the bed and I could look down in the bed and see me and my friends sleeping and it was just wow this is so oh. strange because what people don't get with the outer body state is, is the clarity of mind. Mm. It's not dreamy, it's mm. very clear and bright. So you're, 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 you're fully present? Fully present and embodied. This is that you, you have all your senses in you, not in your body in the bed. And this is what really differentiates lucid dreaming yeah. from the full outer body state, and I'll talk about that yeah. in a second. Yeah. So anyway, I went up north from there, um, and it's interesting because I had people cut aloe vera and lay it on my face every day and do Reiki and look after me with lots of love. So that definitely helped my healing. But in my research, I found that maybe the 10 or so out-of-body experiences I had really supported the healing mm. because I ended up with no scars on my face. I had a really funky one under my eye, a pirate style. I hope it would stay, but it didn't. <laughs> so it was it was quite the journey and the learning. So from there, I really got interested in what took place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, went to the Monroe Institute in America. Uh, Robert Monroe was, a, was sort of the grandfather of the outer body experience, mm. writing about it. A very straight, Western, white, middle class radio announcer mm. um, who had the you know long experiences and wrote many books set up an institute, a university of consciousness, where people come from all around the world to learn how to do this. Wow. So that was pretty cool. Mm. Um, but over time, I, I just studied, read, experienced lots. And then what I found is there's, you know, the, the challenge with this work is there's a lot of uh, language that that gives the wrong impression. So we know it as out of uh, astral travel. So the word, yeah. the term astral travel, that's uh, you know very belief based. Mm. It comes from the uh, school of um, sort of metaphysics and um, the early days of Madame Blavatsky and that, and they were doing all this spiritualist work. Yeah. And there was the idea of the cord and the astral body, the lower planes. Yeah, you see the images, the yeah. lower planes, the upper planes. But for a pragmatist, 
they wouldn't be very interested in mm. learning about astral travel because it yeah. just sounds a bit woo woo. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you've got you know there's there's a, a lovely term that I use that comes from a guy called Michael Reduga who's a amazing teacher mm. of this work, mm. and it's called the phase. Mm. So a phase experience would be anything like a full out of body, yeah. a lucid dream near-death experience, sleep paralysis, false awakenings, all these things fit under the umbrella and when you think about it you're having a phase shift because sometimes you'll wake up, in fact there's stories, amazing stories of people wake up, they get out of bed, they get dressed and suddenly they wake up back in bed again. They really thought they were awake, 100% but they were having an out-of-body but it was so real. It's so real that you feel so yeah. pretty And I've wow. had that myself. I've had so many times where I'm sure I'm awake mm. and I'm not. And that's why we do reality tests. Yeah. So if you're interested in having a lucid dream, uh, you sort of need to check that you're not already dreaming. Yeah. How do you know just now, Jodie, that you're not dreaming? What would, what would tell you that you are or you aren't dreaming? Well, I would just go for the typical pinch. Okay, well, <laughs> the problem with pinching yourself I've pinched myself and it hurts while I'm dreaming, oh, no. while I'm having out of body. Okay. Not a very reliable reality check. Yeah. So yeah. a good reality check. Maybe it's whether you can find your body or not. <laughs> that's also a bit iffy because the problem is that if you if you look at your body, it's all just gases. No, it's not real. If it's not real, <laughs> but what's fascinating with consciousness and awareness and attention and your own evolution your own learning that's mm. what I like about the out-of-body state and lucid states yeah. is that it's progressive there's mm. something very progressive and evolutionary about your practice or it has been for me and yeah. others but I'll just talk about the reality check so mm. if you want to get into your dreams you know you've got to show your dreams that you're interested so you start a dream journal start writing a couple down yeah. just to say oh I'm interested in this yeah and that really helps to get more lucidity anyway mm. and more um, remembering them mm. people oh, I don't dream it's just, yes you do you just don't remember them yeah, so wake exactly. up a bit earlier wake up an hour earlier you'll mm. probably wake up into a dream mm. um, and I can talk about that if we get time yeah. um, but the the reality checks are fun because the secret to doing reality checks is, is through your normal day you want to check if you're dreaming or not mm. because when you're deep in a dream especially a lucid dream or an out-of-body it can be really hard to tell that you're dreaming mm. so the check is that throughout the day at different times and you might use it what a dream trigger so every time you see someone with a red shirt or every time you walk through the door you use that because then when you're dreaming and you walk through a door more than likely you'll do your reality check mm. see how it ties in so the reality check I'd get is I try and push the, my two fingers through the palm of my hand. Mm. Now, you can't just sort of go, oh I'm, oh, I'm not dreaming. When you go to do this, it's with full focus that you, your fingers might possibly go through the palm of your hand right now. Mm. Here we are. You've got to really bring all of your hand and go, am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? No. Okay. I, I can pretty well say I'm not at the moment because yep. I've just done my reality check. Yep. Now, the fun thing of this is there was one time uh, back in North Frio, and I'd set my intention to have my out-of-body experience. I came to in the night, I was floating above the bed, I could see my body lying in the bed, mm. I could see the whole bedroom, mm. I'm looking around, I'm like, whoa, I think I might be having an out-of-body experience. 
so I better do a reality check. Yeah. Forgetting that the fact I'm flying, floating in the room, and I can see my body wasn't enough to trigger my consciousness. Wow. But when I pushed my fingers through the palm of my hand, it was like an electric shock through my whole body. Oh, fuck, I'm dreaming. Oh, and the energy just surges. Wow. So, and that's something to note. I'm probably rambling a bit, but no, what no. happened then is the secret is you need to calm down. High emotions, focus, and you wake up. Right. If you get too excited. Yeah. Great example. When you first have your first lucid dreams, there you are. You're having this dream, and you look around. Maybe you see someone who doesn't live in your town. It's like, that's strange. John lives in New York. What's he doing? <laughs> oh, maybe I'm dreaming. Yeah. So you do your reality check. Sure enough, your fingers go through your palm. And you're like, I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. So there's two things you're going to do straight up. Have sex or fly. <laughs> There's this base primal experience. You just want to have sex with someone or fly. Do you know, that was one of the questions, the only question I had for you today, because that was the one thing that fascinated me from years ago when we chatted about lucid dreaming. And you're like, you know what? We have sex in our lucid dreams. I was like, what? And it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing sex. I'm like, I wonder if we're going to get to that yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Less, less inhibited, see? And this is one of the benefits of the lucid state is you can it, you can do things that you wouldn't normally try in the physical because yeah. of your inhibitions, yeah. your enculturated behaviours, yeah. or just your shyness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, yeah. we're different. But yeah. the, the joy of the, what happens is, yeah, oh, I'm dreaming. And so you get very excited. Mm. You know, you either, you know, you start flying and it's just mind-bending because it's so real. Mm. It's kinesthetic. It's, so you can actually feel yourself oh, flying. You feel the wind touching what? your face. You feel yourself brush against a tree what? or people. And the other thing you might do is run around saying, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming. All these people you raped. I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming. Telling everyone. And then you wake yeah. up. Yeah. So the first thing is to stabilize yourself. You mm. rub your palms together. Mm. Settle down. Take a couple of breaths. Mm. And keep focused. Yeah. This is the secret. Um, so, you know, I define a lucid dream as when I become aware that I'm dreaming. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I define an out-of-body experience, yep. this deeper level of the phase, mm -hmm. as when I'm fully outside of my physical body with mm. all my senses, yep. and I'm, I'm much more focused on my internal and present experience rather mm. than the environmental experience. Yep. So the lucid dream seems to be more of the unconscious splashing around and yeah. you know, you're know you still in a bit of a dreamy state, it's quite flexible, yep. so things can change quite easily. Mm. With the out-of-body state, the deeper you go, mm. the more stable the state. So, so is this when you had the burns and you were outside of your body but you are still fully present and awake but you're having that out-of-body experience but yeah. observing yourself at the same time? Yeah. 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 Okay. And that was quite a, a random experience. Near, mm. That was more like a near-death experience. Yeah. Yeah. Near-death experience normally being defined as, you know, a shocking uh, traumatic event mm. where you leave your body. Mm. But you can see they're all very similar. They mm. all fit together. Even the false awakening. Yeah. That you know, I know times people, people they wake up, they turn off their alarm, and then they wake up and they turn off their alarm. And I've had a few where like, three or four times, and then it got a bit scary. Is am I ever going to come Which back? Mean, yeah. But there's no worries there. You always come back. Yeah. yeah. The, the biggest challenge with out of body work is staying out of body. Yeah. Not 
um, getting back. Mind rationalize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you got to set up a lot of stuff to do to keep yourself busy because yep. time is very distorted. Mm. Yeah. But, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. So there's these different states. There's something that I learned today in a meditation about myself when I was thinking about talking mm. with you today, Jodie, mm. is that um, you know I'm really passionate about teaching people to have out-of-body experiences. Yes because I love mystical experiences. It's been a big part of my journey. Yeah. I've had these random, profound things that have really shifted my direction in life, mm. either physically mm. or intellectually or mm. emotionally, uh, that has allowed me to arrive at where I am today. And I'm very happy where I am today. Yeah. And a big part of this has been the out-of-body state, the out-of-body experience. Yeah. And when I met Catherine, my partner, um, this is 14 years ago now, uh, 14 years of blissful enjoyment. Um, her idea around death mm. was that you died and that was it, you sort of dissolved into the universe. Yep. And it was interesting that we met because my entire life I had this existential terror of dying. Mm. Not, I don't know what it was particularly, but what I followed along was I had no idea what it was like. What did I have to do? Do I have to fit, you know, achieve all these things or let go of all these things or heal all these things and then I die and I'd be okay? Or, mm. you know, there's so many cultures with so many different beliefs and ideas about that. Mm. And when you have an experience like Catherine got to have, I taught her how to have out-of-body experiences. So that was very grounding and pragmatic for me as a as a educator, as mm. someone passionate about stuff that likes to bring the science and the grounding to it. Yeah. When I could teach someone to have such a mystical experience as to leave their physical body mm. consciously with memory of what they're doing. Yes. And this is one of the things you get this implicit uh, perspective memory. So you say, okay, tonight, well, I'm going to leave my body and I'm going to do such and such, three mm. things. Mm. And you, middle of the night, you do this little practice, you pop out your body, and you're like, oh, right, I'm going to do one, two, three. So the fact that that memory, that perspective memory travels, that tells me a lot about the state, that yeah. it's not just firing in my brain and imagination. Yeah. It's my consciousness. Absolutely. I, I'm connected, I'm staying awake. Yes, there's multiple parts together. <laughs> exactly. So for Catherine, like for myself and for many people, the first time that she was clearly out of her body, standing next to herself in the bedroom, mm. watching herself and watching herself breathing more importantly, mm. watching her chest rise and fall, yeah. never the same again. Yeah. You can't be the same again. No, Existentially, it's like, well, if I'm here, fully present in this alternative body, I'll use that frame, this light body, this astral body, this outer body body, yeah. this avatar, yeah. and there I am lying in bed, asleep, then surely when I die, mm. it, this is, it's not such a big jump to think, well, maybe it just moves I just move away, away and keep moving away. Mm. And that ties in a lot to the consistency of near-death experiences. Mm. So many people talk, and these are people who are not religious mm. regularly. Yeah. They're yeah. scientists, yeah. neuroscientists even, yeah. who they die, they go up the tunnel of light, yeah. there's relatives or dogs and friends, and then they're told it's not your time, you've got to head back, yeah. and then they come back, and their lives are never the same again. No. Their belief systems are 
changed. Yeah. And I like belief system changed by experience. Mm. So I don't, you know, I could tell you all these stories about out-of-body states and all this, mm. but when you have one, it's endogenous. Yeah. You haven't taken some peyote, yeah. you haven't had your ayahuasca, your mushrooms, wow. or whatever other drugs that will, Take you know, that. there yeah. are um, alternative ways to use supplements to have out-of-body experience, mm. but I save that for advanced people. Yeah. Yep, yep. So that they well, feel. Some people are getting into that now. Like I've seen a few of that pop up over in the US. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you would do. Yeah. Because we are a society that just wants the pill to give us the Magic. answer to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But there's nothing wrong with that because obviously you get to have the experience. Mm. But in a little part of your mind holds on to the idea that it's to do with what you took. Exactly. So if yep. you go to bed and you've got this algorithm that I actually teach at my three-day weekend mm. that's being learnt from other people, it's being taught to thousands of people. It's an algorithm, it's mathematical, mm. it's a formula. So it's like to drive a car, you have to hop in the car, put the key in the ignition, put the clutch in, yep. turn on the motor, yep. and then you'll drive. It's yep. a bit like that. If you follow the process, yep. you have an out-of-body experience. Yep. So when you do that, it's an endogenous experience. You've created it. Mm. And there's something so powerful about that sense of agency. Yep. Here I am. I, I did, I've done it myself. Yeah. And, and that's my passion with this work. Yeah. Um, and as I was pointing to is, I don't do it all the time. And people mm. are like, I do it all the time. It's like, because I have had periods where I did lots and lots and lots and lots. Yeah. Catherine and I were, you know, we have separate bedrooms so that we can do our out-of-body practice um, <laughs> and not bump into each other, so to speak, and not disturb each other in our sleep cycles. Yeah. Because a lot of the out-of-body work um, depends on understanding your own sleep cycle. Yeah. So what happens each night, there's this little window that you can leverage mm. to get out of body. Mm. And we all get there. Really? Yeah. So there's a specific window. Specific window. Only. Little little window that you can um, create and leverage. So it's to right. do with REM sleep, which yeah. means rapid eye movement. Yeah. Uh, rapid eye movement sleep is a state of sleep where, to put it simply, we've sort of done all our deep healing work. So we start our, our night sleeping. Mm. We all go into very deep sleep quickly. Yeah. And there's just a few moments of REM sleep, mm. dream sleep. As the night goes on, we get more and more REM sleep, yep. rapid eye movement sleep, the dreaming sleep. Yep. By the four to six hours mm. of our night, mm. the last few hours are all in REM. Mm. So this is the dreaming time. This is why we remember our dreams in the morning or if any of these people listening set their alarm just an hour earlier yep. or get someone just to wake them up yep. without an alarm, yep. they'll be in a dream. Mm. They'll remember their dream. Mm. But what we do is understand the neurochemical balance at that time. Yeah. The balance between melatonin and serotonin as we're going from wake to sleep. You know, there's a very mystical process of, of consciousness in the body mm. and uh, awareness and sleep and awake and that very strange realm between the two. Mm. But what happens is that we can, in knowing our sleep cycles, mm -hmm. we can then leverage this little window mm. and literally pop straight out of our body. So for me now, I hardly have to do the exercise that gets me out. I can pretty well set my intention and I just find myself out. That you'll come out. Yeah. And that's not me being some wonderful, magical, out-of-body, lucid master. I'm not at all. Mm. Okay. There's mm. people who are much more proficient about mm. lucid dreaming and out-of-body work than I am. Yeah. But I've been doing it for a couple of decades. Yeah. And I've been teaching for a decade. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that's 10 years, that's right. Um, <laughs> and what I've found is this very simple practice mm. that's so much fun. Yep. Um, and the idea is that, so for me, I, I'm a very bad sleeper. The best people who um, get out of body easily are good sleepers. Really? Yeah. Good sleepers, mathematicians, children. Really? Yeah. Because mathematicians, because it's an algorithm. Yeah. And they understand algorithms. They know that True. this algorithm creates this result. So yeah. that they behave well and do the process. Yeah. Other people, free thinking individuals. You say, mm. just do A, B, C, and D. They come back the next day for the analysis part of the workshop. And how do you, oh, nothing happened. It's like, oh, what, did you do A? Oh, no, no. It's like, well, okay, we didn't even get A done. What hope have we got? And then we have people, did you do C? Did you do C? No. So the good sleepers, the benefit of good sleepers, it means they can go back to sleep in the REM stage of the morning yeah. and have more opportunities to get out of body. Mm. So in knowing this, I, for me, if I'm going to practice, say I'll go to bed at, say, 10 o'clock, mm -hmm. I'll wake up at 2 o'clock, mm -hmm. 2.30 at the latest, mm -hmm. do my little practice, mm. set my intention, mm. go back to sleep, and then the next time I wake up, You're in. I'll pop out. So do you set an alarm for that too, 2.30? For the first one I set yep. an alarm. Yeah. Um, and whereas Catherine, she needs to sleep at least six to seven hours mm. before she does that part of the work. Okay. That's why we have the separate rooms, because yeah. our sleep cycles are very different. And you're learning that before you do this work. That's right. You need yeah. to learn your cycle. And it's easy to learn, because the thing is, if you wake up, and you're really, really groggy. Mm. Um, ideally, you stay awake for a few minutes before mm. you go back. But if you're just straight back to sleep, then maybe you need to sleep a little longer. Yeah. Um, if you're wide awake, mm. fully awake and can't get back to sleep, then yeah. you need to sleep a bit less. So there's, yeah. this is what I cover in this, in this training. Yeah. There's all these little nuances that when you learn, you save yourself months and years of practice. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's really exciting. It's Very all cool. easily learnt and practiced. Mm. Um, in our weekends, so we do an, an evening and a, a Saturday afternoon, a Sunday afternoon, and, and analysis is a big part. Mm -hmm. And people laugh a bit thinking about this mystical experience, but you're doing analysis like a scientist. Yeah, but when you look at all the beauty of nature, everything's math. It's it's all math. It's all it's, it's all algorithms. That's fractals all. It's all fractals. It just yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah. So if you don't analyze your practice, how do you know where you made your mistakes? Mm. How do you know what you did and didn't do? Oh. And people miss that. Mm -hmm. So that this has been the breakthrough for a lot of people when they work with me, mm. is that they do that and they're like, oh no, I did it then, I was meant to do it then. Exactly, so they go back the next night and have a practice. Yeah. And we've been having people, you know, it's 50, 60, 70% success just in a three day training. Incredible. And the joy of that is for some people, the success is their arm leaves their body. They see their out-of-body arm, if you like, mm. and that's more than enough for them. Yep. That's a mind-blowing experience because it's yep. so clear. Yeah. The arm's lifted out the body. They're looking at it with closed eyes, but they've got vision. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah. Other people have just sat up and looked back and seen themselves lying down, and that's been enough. Yeah. Other people who've never had an out-of-body have popped straight out of their body walk to the mirror, which is the first practice I get people to do, right. look in a mirror, yeah. and then do their second thing, which might be go and fly, or go and meet someone they want to meet, or any of these things. But I want to mention a story mm. that really points to the, the challenge of this work, mm. and it's what I covered a bit earlier, and it's about the, 
hyper-real nature. Mm. So there's a term called hyper-reality. Mm. So dreams generally don't feel that real. They feel dreamy. They do. Lucid dreams feel more because you're like, oh, I'm dreaming. Oh, my goodness. And you wake up and you're quite buzzed. Mm. Out-of-body is, like, really mystical. Yeah. After That's I have cool. an out-of-body experience, I'm high for a week or so. Wow. Regardless, even if I just hopped out my body and hopped back in again. Really? Yeah. It doesn't have to be this, oh, I went to Mars or I sat yeah. with Tesla and talked some ideas or I went yeah, and talked yeah. to Richard Branson and yeah. got the download or I, I went and saw my dead granddad and we, we hugged and loved each other and yeah. I got the juice. It can be literally the experience of having this state shift. Is that because of the, the hormone, is that because of the endogenous, you know, the things that have been created in that time or is it because you've actually like connected and you feel like you're become or touched or you know yeah escaped into that realm of like endless possibilities that's a great infinite. that's a really that's the perfect question Jody because it's like you know I was very attracted to doing uh, plant medicine work mm. I, I wasn't and then I was I mm. don't know why mm. and when you've done journeys with ayahuasca or peyote or psilocybin you, you enter a realm and yeah. it's pretty exciting yeah and that's why there's a lot of misuse of entheogens yeah. because everyone just wants to go back to that exactly. they're escaping yeah yeah um and they're missing the fact that we are in the most it. amazing experience yeah. <laughs> just as we are here now is if we really want to pull this apart it, it's mind-bending and more than enough to yeah. fulfill to be fully fulfilled yeah. and not needing anything it's taken for granted yeah but I digress. Um, <laughs> answering your question, the the, the the fact that I just leave my body, I'm just walking around my lounge room for a while, and then I go back to sleep and wake up again. Mm. It's just, it's you're in awe. You, you, you've transcended the nature of reality. Okay. You've transcended yeah. the, the enculturated reality mm. that this is solid, this is all there is. Mm. Here I am, and, I'm, and I don't know what... Mm. is possible mm. like you said the potentiality and that that stays with you that's that's yeah. mind-bending but I just share a story that points to the craziness of this mm. experience I was nursing down in Albany yeah um, so everyone can trust me because I was a nurse <laughs> uh, your medical my, my medical, <laughs> medical background emergency room nurse a high end the hard end the pointy hard end, end yes. lucky I was because then when I went into hospital as a patient they were very kind to me because I'd actually worked at St Vinnie's oh, um, which was really cool there you go. <laughs> yeah, they care for their own um, but I was doing a secondant down there for three months at Albany Hospital so I, living in the nurses quarters and I was, I was on a bit of a transition. Often this happens when I'm in transition states in my life. Yep. Not sure what, what I am doing, where I'm going. So I went down and did some needles and pennies. So I went there working in the day and you know, doing all the boy things, going, mm. trying to meet girls and drinking and smoking <laughs> and you know, just being a boy. Um, but also meditating a lot because mm. I'm very passionate about my meditation mm. and, and I had an idea where that might take me. So, mm-hmm. And one night I woke up and for some reason, I just thought I'd turn on the light. Mm. And I got up and turned on the light, and the light switch didn't work. And it was quite strange, because when I went to bed, the light was working. Mm. Now, this sounds very mundane, but it's not. It really is, is one of the most profound memories mm. that has never left me in its vibrancy. Mm. So I went back to bed, and then I actually woke up. And I had no idea this was happening, so I went and checked the light, and the light came on. <laughs> And it was like this splinter in my mind. It was this thing that could not rest. Like, mm. that's strange. 
is so real. This mm. is what I'm talking about. It's so real that I couldn't work out what why was, the light wasn't. Because reality is lifted, literally being shifted from under you. Exactly. So yeah. I go back to sleep and I wake up. And I try to turn on the light switch, and the light doesn't come on. <laughs> what the fuck's happening here? But the penny doesn't drop, Jody. No. This is what I'm talking about. Why you have reality checks? Mm. You need them yeah. because you cannot emotionally, Can't physically, yep. mentally, texturally, yep. kinesthetically, yep. visually, it all looks the same. Yeah. So nut, flick, 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 like a you know, hello. <laughs> Go back to bed, fall asleep, so to speak. Mm wake up now people i'm actually awake mm. go and play with the lights the light comes on and i would have done this at least three times wow someone's messing with me if someone's something <laughs> messing with me and i hadn't taken any substances okay i was very straight and, and you do need to be yeah for this work to yeah. be clear that's yeah. what i'm talking about yeah because no drugs it really yeah. confuses what's yeah. your, your potency yeah so at the fourth time I so-called wake up, I go over, play with the light switch, no light, and luckily that time I just glanced over my shoulder mm. and I saw myself lying in the bed. Mm. I didn't see the detail, I just saw this lump under Every the... time you say that, I get so scared. Yeah. I think I really need to do this. <laughs> well, the fear is something we'll talk about too, I think that's yeah. really important to talk yeah. about. So I look over my shoulder, there's a lump in the bed, it's me and... And I'm like, oh my God, I'm having an out-of-body experience. <laughs> and I put my hand on the wall mm. to rest, and my hand slipped into the wall. <sighs> now, from Willow's idea of things, you know, you, you slide through the wall, you walk through walls. This is what people talk about with out-of-body. Exactly. So you think you just slide your hand through the wall, yep. smooth. Yep. No. I could feel the brick and the mortar and the brick and the mortar, the what? textures of the internal structure of the wall, I could feel. And it was fascinating to my mind. I, I, I couldn't leave it. I'm like, brick, mortar, brick, mortar. Now, here I am, fully out of body. I could have gone to France. <laughs> I could have had sex and flown. Brick, mortar, brick, mortar. Brick, mortar, brick. And the hyper-reality, <clears throat> this is hyper-real. Mm. It was so texturally strong. Yeah. I was yeah. I was like a magnet to it. I was just yeah. and then I woke up in my bed. In. Yeah. And that memory is still so alive. That comes back to that point that we made initially that things are, you know, what is matter and we are feeling that without Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it blows my mind. Another example just the same just on and then I'll talk about fear because mm. it's really important. I was living on an island with my partner and we were working at a resort mm. and it was difficult. We were with people who weren't our tribe. Mm. <laughs> so we're mm. doing our inner work a lot mm. and this was a great chance for some out of body work to give us that freedom. You know, I'd love to teach this to prisoners yeah, who've absolutely. got long life sentences because absolutely. at least then they can be free yeah. and not feel incarcerated as much. Oh, yeah, great practice. What are you doing? Oh, leave me alone. I'm just sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what do they call it? Um, solo where they lock them up like yeah, 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 isolation yeah. isolation yeah, yeah put, put me, me there, there. <laughs> put me there <laughs> leave me alone i've got practice to yeah. do leave um, me for weeks please yeah um so i i came to and i went to the the glass sliding door mm. and it was like in the matrix when 
uh, Neo puts his finger in the mirror and pulls out the mirror and it's all mm. elastic mm. So I pushed through the glass. So what you've got to remember is if you don't know you can walk through the wall, mm. you hit the wall, you feel it. Right. You've got to get past that. Yeah. You've got to... Your consciousness that the level you're at is where you're at. You're not yep. suddenly, oh, look at me. Some yeah. people, yeah. yeah Some yeah. people just effortlessly fly through the universe. Yeah. I had to get over my fear of heights yeah. over years to get above the rooftops before I finally got into space to wow. fly. Yeah, it was course. progressive learning, another thing. So each time I was a step further. Yeah. And that's nice with the A-body. Oh, wow, I learned something last time. It stayed with me. Mm. I'm not back at the beginning again. Mm. So progressive learning in outer body is mystical if Huge. you think about what learning is. Yeah. That you can have you can learn a school of learning. Yeah. Exactly. And it's progressive, continuous, and you remember it. Incredible. Awesome. Incredible. So this time, I went through the glass and I was standing outside the lodge mm. on the ground in the forest mm. and I could feel the sand, the, the, the grit of the sand. And it was so real, I thought I'd been sleepwalking and, and woke outside. up outside. <laughs> and that fear, that what created something that shot yep. me back into my body. Yeah, yeah, that realisation. Yeah, yeah. And... The thing around fear, so fear is interesting. Mm. It's fascinating, obviously. <coughs> and what I, and that will limit your capacity to have your out-of-body experiences, Absolutely. obviously. Absolutely. But there's progressive learning. Yeah. There's progressive. Yeah. You can just move a little bit out mm. and back, mm. out and back. But people say, you know, I'll talk about the, the sleep paralysis because that's a really big part of where yeah. people have their fear. Yeah. There's a, a natural state called sleep atonia, mm -hmm. where each night our body becomes paralyzed mm -hmm. so we don't act out our dreams. Mm. Because if your body's not paralyzed and you're stabbing someone in your dream, your poor old partner is going to be copping <laughs> a beating. You know what I mean? And so sleep atonia is a natural, natural condition. Yeah. But when you wake up and mm. you're paralyzed, for some people that can yeah. be terrifying. Absolutely. Now I've had this a lot, mm. and it, and it's been a, a big part of my learning curve in researching and understanding this because a lot of books are written on sleep paralysis, um, and for me it was terrifying. Mm. There's this immediate sense that someone's going to come and attack me. Yeah. Now why someone would come into my house in my bedroom <laughs> at four o'clock in the morning and attack me is beyond my rational mind, but it's not rational. Yeah. It's prime primary. Primal. Yeah. It's right back to the protecting the organism, that the, the, the main you know, prime directive of our body is to keep itself alive. Protection, yeah. So you wake up, you can't move, so for some people immediately it's like, I can't protect myself, and mm. the fear builds, and then mm. you start fighting it. Yeah. And then you might see a demon start to emerge at the end of the bed red eyes, this force, this emanation, and of course your house is haunted and you've got all these spirits around and you start this narrative, this story yeah. that it's might all, be built yeah. on other stuff, mm. but all that is is your own fear yeah. manifesting <clears throat> and the way to handle it is to relax, mm. like this life. The way to handle what's going on for all of us now is to relax. Yeah. We're going the wrong direction. Yeah. We need to relax yeah. and that sounds so simple but if we could all just relax a little, life would look yeah. after us, you know. Mm. And so you learn that in this state. You relax, you can send some love, mm. some loving thoughts. You could do a prayer, a mantra, mm. if whatever your jam, yeah. and it'll go away. Mm. And I've had experiences where I've thrown myself off a couch physically 
through mm. the terror. You know, I've woken up sweating and crying yeah. with the terror. Wow. And it's dragged to me. Now, Catherine, mm. she loves sleep paralysis. Really? And she wakes up, it's like, this is the greatest sport <laughs> on earth. I am so relaxed, my no body is asleep, <laughs> and I'm wide awake. Yeah. And little did we know, this is the platform for exiting the out-of-body state. Right. So if you find yourself awake and your body's asleep and paralyzed, yeah. just fucking roll, man, just get out. Sometimes you need a bit of energy. It's not like, oh, I'll just flute out my body. Yeah. You got, there's some force required. Really? Yeah, you want to put, you might go through your feet, you might go through your head, you might drop through the floor, you might float, roll, spin, just step up. Wow. And I teach all this on the training. Wow. There's these different ways to, oh, you're having sleep paralysis. Perfect, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, and so fear is the mind killer. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, is, is it creates uh, the lack of um, capacity to manage things. Yeah. It shuts us down. It's the stories, it's the movies, it's the... That's right. It's all these things. But, so, my question surrounding that, though, you know, you, you hear all these stories about the spirits, the demons, the yeah. bad entities, the, yeah. you know, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. What is that? Is that is that still in our mind? Like, have you had experiences with that? Yeah, yeah. yeah this and is, is this... it something that we do need to be aware of and be con not concerned with, but in these out-of-body experiences where we are lucid dreaming, are we going to come up against something like this? Oh, or is it not? I love this question. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, you know, when I was a kid, I did seances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always yeah. believed there's more to mm. life than a finality at death. Absolutely. Um, I, I believe in the, the, the ongoing life form. I also, from a lot of experience understand how when a lot of people die they don't want to leave the planet because yeah. life on planet earth is a pretty good gem yeah. so they can inhabit um alcoholics people are you know when people get so drunk yeah, they they put and then their personality changes yeah. often i can see that maybe that's a, a spirit embodying and getting a chance to relive mm. some life on the having mm. the sex and the drinking and all that base core sort of yep. experience so yep. the less evolved part of life on planet earth yeah but for us Orionauts, us travellers of the realms, mm. who have generally done a bit more work on ourselves, mm. uh, a bit more aware, cleaned ourselves up, tend to live a life with a bit more love and kindness and care and mm. these things, there's nothing to worry about. Mm. Anything you come across is just yourself and your own fear yep. and your own manifestation. That perception. And this is so important to remember because it can be very convincing. Yes. But what it can be, it can be an education. Mm. When you learn to stand in front of something that's really scaring you and just love it, mm. just open yourself up and embrace it and it just disappears, mm. who knows how that transcribes or translates into your day-to-day -day experience. Exactly, your acceptance. You know, who mm. knows that next time your boss at work, who you're a bit scared of, mm. carries on like a chook that mm. you don't retract and retreat. Yeah. You actually step up a bit and say, hey, dude, yeah. there's no way to speak to me. Yeah. Or yeah. who knows? I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But what I do know is that Lessons. all the stories and beliefs we have will influence our journeys. Mm -hmm. And if you believe you need to do stuff to protect yourself, there is the challenge right there. Can't you see how you're building the reality from that? Mm. If you don't feel safe, 
or it, it, it's sort of a catch-22 of mm. a vicious cycle or I've got to protect myself mm. what are you protecting yourself from mm. you are it you're all of it you don't need to protect yourself from anything. Yeah. You've got to relax. Yeah. <laughs> you got to let go. I like this. I like this. Because we, we talk so much about, you know, and I even do too, get the crystal for this and clear that and do this and sage that and da-da-da and da-da-da. You know, it can go on and on and on. Yeah, but exactly. really at the essence of it is if we're feeling at one, safe, with everything, we are, you know, that that's where we should oh, be. Oh, Jodie, now you're talking my language. So... I work a lot with people with emotional self-regulation. Yeah. Uh, helping people manage the, the challenges of, of not being relaxed and restful, being anxious and depressed and angry and all these human mm. emotional conditions. Mm. But what I'm really, my, what my jam is, where mm. I'm really at, is to teach existential contentment. Mm. And that means no matter what's happening, no matter what I'm feeling, I'm content. Mm. And that only comes when your first contact with life is trust, you feel safe. And that only comes from sitting and not doing anything yeah. and watching that turn out to be so. Yeah. And I still smudge myself with my Palo Santo. Mm. Mm. I still, after sitting in a ceremony with 28 people, I still notice the next day, I have a rough day. Yeah. It's uh, there's an the energetic energy. vibration. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a lot going on. Yeah. But where do I end and they begin? Mm. That's what I'd be asking. Yeah. Which part of myself is causing my disquiet the next day? Absolutely. And it was Absolutely. represented by Jody's difficult journey. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, I'm an empath. Mm. You know, that word's very used, and there's a lot of great writings about empaths protecting themselves and helping themselves. But I wouldn't say about protecting, I'd say about waking up to your sensitivity and then being aware of that and looking after yourself. And the boundary. Yeah, good smudge, like Epsom salt bath. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Yeah. But when we're working on these inner realms, so-called inner realms, yeah. it's you. It's mm. all you. Mm. So that's awesome, yeah. something to play with there. And, you know, there's been times where I rolled out of my body and I was stuck in the wall, half in my body, half stuck in the wall. And it was a bit disconcerting. As you can imagine, you're fully feeling this, remember? Yes. Upside down in the wall. And I didn't know that I just needed to relax and slide back. Slide I got a bit panicky. Yeah. Yeah. As you would if you're half stuck in a wall. As you would if you're half stuck in a wall. <laughs> and when I got out, I didn't travel for a while after that one. Yeah. That, that touched something a bit deep, a bit claustrophobic yeah. maybe, something. Yeah. But I, here I am again. Yeah. And the, the drive is too that. exciting. The, the, yeah. the excitement that this is free. Yeah. This but that's is, what life is meant to feel like. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, we had this chat before we came on the mic that mm. I was saying I had this awareness uh, in a meditation this morning about how come you're not doing loose out of body all the time, Willow? It's like, well, firstly, you don't. Yeah. You go have a very um, balanced approach to this. You yep. need to have lots of good sleep. Yep. You can't compromise your sleep for your practice. Yeah, your body has to be healthy yeah. still. So, you know, some Orionauts once a week or twice a week, they'll mm. do this. Others, you know, you set up a weekend. Oh, Friday night's going to be out of body night because Saturday morning I've got nothing on so I can sleep in and get as many chances to extend the practice. Because yes. often it's in and out a few times in a night. Yes. It's not just one. Yeah. It's trickier. Yeah. Um, but for me, what I've noticed is that so many times in my life, the experiences I've had, these mystical I'll call them that because they are so mystical, mm. have literally directed my life, physically, mentally, intellectually, emotionally. Yeah. They've t 
turned my compass so I've ended up here mm. and what here is 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 my my deep desire to alleviate suffering in people yeah. and I seeing these people suffer especially at these times that phrase that you're hearing over and over it's like mm. what times it's all the time it's one we're in yeah but anyway don't yeah. get me started yeah. um, what I'm seeing is more and more suffering in my work and what I really have learned is that if we scratch all of our surfaces especially mm. the people who are really locked into this 3d there's this existential terror in mm. all of us mm. we've got Absolutely. no idea what's going on yeah. no matter how yeah. much we delude ourselves yeah. we don't know anything about reality no. no matter how much you're sure that when you die you're not coming back to this life because you've raised your kundalini to the third realm of the fucking <laughs> blue dakini or whatever or it's just this or you're um, enlightened enough now and yeah. Yeah. all this story we don't no know anything idea. The analogy I give of our human mind is we're like goldfish bowls trying to contemplate Microsoft in Silicon Valley. <laughs> it is so far, far beyond our comprehension. Absolutely. It is, you can't even, what aeroplane, human, microchip, software, pro, the fish in the bowl. No He's idea. got the water. There's some little flakes come on the surface. There's a little snail to swim past every now. Did I just do this? Did it again. <laughs> around did it again. and around. Did it again. <laughs> and, and the real secret of life is to surrender the fact that we don't know and we can't know. Mm. And when you really finally let go, yep. oh, and we'll never know. then something's available. And it seems that if we, if we uh, let go enough, in, in the right way so to speak and there's paradox you have to be mm. able to hold paradox here yeah then we get out of the way for life to come through and show us yeah all of us are asking for the answers where mm. what's my life's purpose what should I do it's like it. sit down and don't do anything yeah that's the best way to find out yeah. you know um, be still be relaxed yeah. relax stop searching Stop striving, trying, achieve. This striving, trying, achieving, searching, the spiritual seeker. I was a spiritual seeker for years. Mm. Something, I had a chip, I had a, not a chip on my shoulder, probably I did earlier. But <laughs> I had a splinter in my mind. I couldn't rest no matter what level I got to, no matter what stage I got to with my mm. cohorts, mm. you know, of, um, you know, getting very green and environmental yeah. and yeah. anti-nuke and, yeah, you know, you go down all the pathways with the passions, yeah, you know, or, and really health and well-being yeah. and food. And then there came a day where I stopped, I arrived, and it's, and it's like, Oh, it's like the cosmic joke. You just laugh. Yeah. Like, God, I could have saved so much work so. <laughs> and time by just enjoying this miraculous, incredible, unimaginable experience of now. Yeah. Because... Hear that? That's it. The future is just an imagination. Any worries you've got about what you're doing, where you're going, where you should be, where you shouldn't be, that's all imagination. Mm. The past... No matter how much we want to heal our past, our childhoods, etc. No matter how much we want to do that, it's just a mental construct. Mm. If we really look at the past, it's a mental construct. Mm. But right in this moment, most of us, if we really stop properly and, and let the egoic mind go, stop that personal self's desires to fix the future and, and heal the past and just be right here, everything's fine. 
it's rare that you can't handle what's really in front of you. Mm. It's only the imagination and the way that gets you all convoluted. Yeah. As you're yeah. leaning out of the present moment. Exactly. The next thing, you the next thing. search for the something that you might happen, but it's not happened yet, so why are you searching? And if you just be here, it's glorious. It, 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 it's as all the religions and texts and spiritual doctrines talk about it's the be here now it's the it's in the moment it, you'll hear it ad nauseum yeah but you won't get it no, you're, it you're, won't it won't you're not embodying it. it you're intellectualizing it. you're trying you're searching i'll just do another course i'll do another training but you're not actually feeling it yeah and what i've found the out-of-body experience the lucid dreams i've had and lots of out-of-body stuff and seeing people change when they've had just a a touch of this mm. it, it's it's like you um, energize yourself in the present you, you've had this mystical experience that you're in charge of you're not waiting for the grace of life mm. and I love that when grace comes and touches me and I get a mystical experience yeah. Yeah. like during a meditation or during a walk in the forest or during a moment in the supermarket when I look in someone's eyes and I see another human being that's awake yeah. hey hello yeah, oh, yeah gorgeous nice. glorious <laughs> But the, the, these capacities that it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, you can head in mm. and do some amazing shit. Mm. And there's no limit. Our, we're the limit. We are. We can learn. Yep. Uh, people have learned to juggle, mm. play ukulele, mm. and they've never picked up the ukulele. Yeah. Um, people have lifted cars. Like yeah. it, it, it's even in, in our physical strength. Yeah, there's bilocation experiences where. Mm. Like I say to people, have an outer body, get out of body, do some push-ups and star jumps, and then wake up and take your pulse. No. Why is your pulse so high and your blood pressure up? No. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> and if we've got time, I'll finish on a healing mention. Yes. Okay, so the capacity to self-heal. Mm, yes. We know that healing, if we can get to the source, is a lot quicker path. Yeah. Than when we're trying to treat the symptom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I suffered from something quite chronic for a long time, and it was interfering with the quality of my life. Mm. I tried everything possible mm. in the mainstream, in the non-mainstream, yep. alternative, every form of therapy, treatment, herb, acupuncture, medicine, therapy, you know, everything you could think of, and it was nothing happening. And so I decided to use my faculties of out of body. I'd, I'd heard that people could do this, so okay, mm. now I'm really gonna, I've got some real reason. Because mm. it was disrupting my life with Catherine, my partner. Mm. Wait, how are you doing? Well, oh, you know, the, the peace was not there. Mm. So I had this night, I set clear. I rolled out my body, mm. easy as pie, mm -hmm. which really makes you feel good. Yeah. And then I stood in the room and I shouted out to myself, so you can talk to yourself. Mm. You go into the source, the, the big self. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't remember the words I said, but it was the intention that's important. Mm. The words aren't important. Mm. So I go, heal me of this. Mm. Or, what is this? Can you show me? Mm. And there was a bang, a light, and then I was in the lounge. From the bedroom to the lounge, mm. out of body. Mm. Disoriented. And then mm. I woke up. Whoa. Now, often healing, you need to do a couple. Mm. You need rep rep repetition. Mm. The next night, I did the same thing. And then it happened. The healing was complete. And 
10 years later, I'm, I haven't been bothered by this problem. Now, what's really cool with out of body, wow. you can have a pill, you can just open your hand and say, okay, tablet in the hand, and there's a tablet. And then you make that tablet the most powerful medicine ever created <laughs> with your intention. Your limitless pill. Your limitless pill. Mm. Okay, this is gonna heal the cancer. Mm. This is it. This is the most powerful anti-cancer tablet on the planet. And you take it. Now you can't just take it and walk away. You take it and you feel it. Working. You need to do the work. Yeah. Fully yeah. moving. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm not saying this is gonna heal your cancer. Mm. What I'm saying is this will open up insights, inspirations. It might be a bit to the left. Mm. It also might be. People have had incredible, you can go and have a massage. You can go to a spirit doctor and have acupuncture mm. or a shaman healing. Mm. I've smoked dope and got stoned. I've taken acid out of body. What? It's so strange what <laughs> you can do. I know, I know. I'm not meant to talk about that or I am, but no, okay. it's the strangest thing. <laughs> the world's your oyster. Limitless. You said it. Yeah, limitless out of body. Yeah. And so that's what I it's about. I think that's a good title for this talk. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I am running a workshop. Yes, tell me about that. And so the, the workshop and then what you're planning to do in the future for workshops. Yeah, great. So I'm running one here in Fremantle, Western Australia. On, yep. uh, Come on over, everyone. The 8th of October. It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's a Friday evening. You come along and we go straight into the work. Yeah. Um, the th it's theory, but it's theory that gets put into practice. You have to leave Saturday morning and Sunday morning free so you can go home and practice that night. Mm. And we set you up for success. Yep. You come back Saturday afternoon because mm -hmm. you've used your morning. Yep. Um, we do some analysis and then we go further into the practice. Mm. We, we troubleshoot. Yep. Uh, you get Saturday night to go home again and do another practice. And then Sunday we do that and we cover healing. We cover mm -hmm. what's possible, what's not possible, what's just fantasy. Yep. You know, and, and really the goal for me, like all things, is practical, pragmatic, teaching the algorithm, mm. uh, getting rid of all the false ideas that are getting in the way, yeah. and then letting people free. And often, even uh, we have a catch-up call two weeks later, and in that two weeks, once the pressure's off, people have had great out-of-body experiences. Mm. Uh, moving down the track, I might turn this into an online uh, training yeah. for people overseas or yeah. whatever, and we can do it online mm. either live or maybe a recorded thing i like live i like yep. people yep. so maybe yep. we'll, we'll look yep. at doing an online one uh, so yeah. more people can join in yeah incredible oh. yeah and reverenceevents.com.au and you go down to the lucid project oh i'm so excited i've watched this come to fruition for many years yeah yeah and i'm I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm so excited for you, Willow. Everything that you do, the chocolate, the, the ceremonies, <laughs> the lucid dreaming, just you and Catherine. Oh, biggest fan, biggest fan, always oh, have been. Very so, generous, very generous, Jodie. I thank you so much for coming back on the show again, and we will be doing this again, so I'm not saying goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe the next one we can talk about conscious contentment. We can talk about yes. the, the doorway that's right here for everyone yep. in a very pragmatic, very nourishing way to help manage this suffering yep. that we're all Absolutely. going through. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. That would be super cool. Yeah, let's do it. All right, well thank you. Okay. I'll thank see you soon. Thanks again. <laughs> thanks for listening to the Revital Health Podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Revital Health 
as well as our website, revitalhealth.com.au, for upcoming podcasts, workshops, and speaking events. Find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and it is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. Please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.